You are listening to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, episode number 57. Welcome to the Yummy Mummy Podcast, where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time. And now, here's your host, certified life and weight loss coach, Laura Conley. Hey, Yummy Mummies. I am so excited to introduce to you guys a very special guest. We have a feminist time coach with us today to talk to us about time. Her name is Vicki Louise, and she is the creator of the Time Hacker Method and the host of the 15-Hour Workweek. I'm like already so excited for you guys to learn from her just <laughs> because she's a feminist time coach and she has these amazing offerings. So Vicki, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got into this line of work, how you became um, a feminist time coach. Yeah, well, firstly, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, so I didn't start out anywhere close to being a feminist time coach. I started as like a relationship coach. And before that, I was in the corporate world. But when two things happened, first, I scaled my business very quickly and way faster than I thought was even humanly possible. From there, I was questioning do things really take time? Like what if things don't take time? And so when I scaled to group, because at the time that was all one-to-one, I thought, what's the one thing that I really want to help people with? And I was like, well, I really want to help people realize that they can achieve what they want way faster than they think. And it's going to take a lot less time than they think. And I really sat in like, how did I create it? Because I wasn't, it wasn't about time management. It was about how we optimize our time. Mm. So we're taught, I think we're taught to be busy. We're taught to fill our calendars and our to-do lists and long lists and all of that stuff. Um, And I think that actually takes up more time. And then what happened is this year, I started to move more into how have we adopted these time rules from a society where women couldn't even vote. Like all of our work time rules have zero consideration of women of working parents. Mm. And I started to teeter my my copy and the way I was speaking definitely started to get more feminist, let's say. And then as I got pregnant and it was, I mean, I was told by the doctor to stop working and I already for myself had a 15 hour work week working without a commute from home, all of this super luxurious setup. And I thought, how the fuck do women do this? Like what is going on in the world that Mm. no one is challenging this, that during our first trimester where we're most vulnerable, most tired, Mm. most sick is the time when we're told don't tell anyone because don't let your employers or anyone else help you or support you in any way. And that really pushed me over the edge to like, oh, I'm going all in on being a feminist time coach. Like this is so so needed. (laughs) It's so needed. But what you bring up too is something that I struggled with my second pregnancy, which is like, oh, I'm supposed to keep this a secret. Mm-hmm. That's fucked. Like there's shame. And they're like, it's like I was shamed. And then I was like, fuck this. I'm telling everyone on social media that I'm pregnant at like, I don't know, some like illegal time at like six weeks or something because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like, oh my God, you can't. Why? Like people were so uncomfortable when I told them I was pregnant. And I wasn't like supposed to be telling them I was pregnant yeah. because they didn't even know how to react. I don't know where it came from. Maybe the patriarchy that like, don't tell anybody until you're 12 weeks, until you get the go-ahead from your doctor. Because if you 
tell anybody and then you lose the baby or you lose the pregnancy, then, ooh, like there's going to be feelings. Yes, there's going to be feelings. And then what are we going to do about it? And it's going to be awkward. Like it, yeah. So yeah, just even before pregnancy, even having like a cycle. And so on, I remember a friend telling me at work, she said she worked at a big law firm and she said something to manager like, listen, I've got really bad cramps. I don't know what to do. And he just like handed her like 10 pounds. Like he just didn't know what, he just like gave her cash. She was like, here you go. And she was like, okay. So So I'm not going home then. (laughs) So hope this works for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. So, I mean, I've always been a rebel. I call myself a reformed hustler. So just to give everyone even a bit more background, I spent lots of time procrastinating. And then I spent lots of time hustling and doing 80-hour work weeks and launching a tech startup while doing an MBA, while hosting three events a week, while having a podcast. Like I was like the queen of, I'm going to be successful and that means I do all the things. So as we spoke about briefly before we hit record, what was that was what was so wild to me. It was my year when I scaled my business. I went from like a six-day work week to basically 15 hours. And I was like, huh. Like it really isn't hours we put in are mm. results we create. And I think what you work with your clients on can speak to this a lot as well. Even if we think about working out and how the dialogue around working out and getting fit has evolved. I remember being told, well, there's no point going to the gym unless you can go for an hour. Mm. And that was not something that I had time for when I was working in corporate. I would go for my hour at lunch, I would get about a 15 minute work workout because the people can't see me, but I've got thick curly hair that would need yeah. washing. And so it would be like about 15 minutes of a workout, but I would do it every day or every other day. And I would create results. And all my colleagues would be like, oh, it's so silly to only go work out for 15 minutes. And I'm like, meanwhile, you're drinking wine and eating pizza and I'm getting fit. So a <laughs> whole narrative that like time creates success it's like in business, it's in relationships. It's like this idea that a 10 year relationship is more successful than a one year relationship. Or mm. I think it really is limiting so many of us and particularly women, because we are the ones that still have the extra burden of all the extra roles typically, although mm. it's changing. So we don't have time for ourselves. We don't have time for our health. We don't have time for our own luxuries. We don't have time to launch the businesses or to take care of our own wardrobes when we're taking care of everyone else's and clean up our own Mm. rooms or whatever it is. And I think it's just been an evolution of being open and listening to those conversations and seeing how often time is given credit for our results. Like it was the right time, Mm. perfect timing, or given responsibility for why we don't have results. Like I don't have time. Yes. Oh, it's so good. I literally was on a podcast as a guest. The podcast was called Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. (laughs) Like literally the podcast was called Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I mean, it's a cute name, but it's like, that's what so many of my clients used to believe, right? It's like, I don't have time for, I don't have time to lose weight because the time it takes me to lose weight is going to be like you're speaking to with this 15 minute thing. It's going to be, okay, it's going to be an hour in the gym every day at least. And then if I'm commuting to the gym, that's 15 minutes there, then showering. And then if I do my hair, that's like at least a two hour start to end thing, right? And then it's like, okay, well then I have to meal prep. And meal prep, that's like going to be at least five hours on Sunday. 
And then my husband's probably going to eat all my food or my partner's going to eat all my food by Tuesday. I'm going to have to meal prep again. And then I'm going to have to log everything. And that takes like 20 minutes. So they get it in their heads that it's going to be this like three hour a day commitment and they're out, right? Like I would be too if that's how much time I thought it took to lose weight, which that's not what I teach, right? That's the thing. I think we are not taught about the power of five minutes. And that's what we want to be questioning. Like those five minutes and the impact of five minutes versus the hour story or whatever it is. Yeah. Like it's going to take so much time. I've noticed this with myself because I've wanted to start reading more nonfiction and Mm. my brain immediately goes to, oh, we don't have time to read nonfiction. You got two little kids. You have a new business, not really new anymore, but you have a business, you got to like, we got, we got shit to do here. All right. And it's like, what if instead of like kind of rolling around in my bed, when I woke up, I just flipped the light on and read my whatever atomic habits or comfort crisis book that's sitting there on the nightstand for like literally five minutes. And then it's like every month the book gets read right? Just in that five little minutes. And I'm so much more inspired going through the day. It's like so crazy, the power of five minutes. I I love that little like even just nugget of the power of five minutes. It's so important. Yes. And even also on what you're saying, it's like, how often are we trying to characterize things as productive or not productive? Like you don't know that reading for five minutes isn't going to add to your business. Like you might pick up an idea or a method and that's the problem that we have in this like productivity seeking environment and culture that we have is we are turning ourselves into robots and we are literally forgetting that time like one of the things I speak to is like time diversity just like Mm. we would diversify our financial investments like we want to be diversifying our time investment and how we are using it just because you don't see like a five minutes reading a book equals two posts written like we want to stop measuring on output and start measuring on results and when you focus on the results you're going to see that like diversifying your time is way more productive than just working or just being with your kids or whatever it might be. Totally. I was talking to a client and she was having so much trouble resting because, I mean, it was time to rest. She had a, I think it was like a medical like eye condition and her doctor was like, you really need to rest, right? What we were talking about before we hit record. And she was like, she had to sell herself that resting was productive because she couldn't even rest without that footnote of it being productive because if it wasn't productive, then it was like a waste. Yes. Which is like, we sit in so much scarcity around our time. Like there's never enough time. I think there's two things we love communicating on, whether it's like a stranger in a waiting room or on the internet, we love communicating about the weather and about time. And like everywhere you go, it's like a conversation starter. Everyone will just agree with you. And like we have to take responsibility for this narrative that we have that leaves us like depleted so that everything is precious so that we can't even think about what's best for us in one week is going to be to take the rest this week. And then we're going to come back way stronger. And I mean, I've literally just gone through this experience now of taking months off my business. And I coached someone a few weeks ago and she's got a full-time job and a business. And she said, I just can't 
you know, not post on social media. And I said, why? Mm. And she said, because, you know, the algorithm and it's going to get less engagement and blah, blah. And it's like, I've literally just gone through that. And my engagement has been skyrocketed after taking time off. Mm. Like it's just not even true because yeah. it's not about the algorithm. It's about my brain and my creativity and all of these things that got nourished mm. by me taking time off. Right. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. So it really is. I mean, I hate to feed that narrative, but it is really in the end. We shouldn't take time off because it ends up being productive. That shouldn't be the reason why we do it, but we do it. And then it really does end up being productive. (laughs) Yes. Let people take the baby step because it is highly uncomfortable taking rest. And that's a big shock I get from our clients is they're like, it's supposed to feel amazing taking rest. I'm like, no, you've been fed your whole life that like, laziness is bad and not doing is bad and like achieving is amazing and you want to be a high achiever and all of this stuff like don't expect to just rest it feels amazing I think about your clients and it's like it's not supposed to feel amazing at first when you cut out the habits that you've had around food yeah or like the relationship not eating the cupcake is gonna suck like the first seven times you don't eat the cupcake right so same with rest, it's like the first seven times you, or whatever the amount of time is, <laughs> um, yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's so it's worth incredible. it. Exactly. Because then you get to feel amazing more permanently rather than only when you have the cupcake. And for my clients, rather than only when you are achieving something. Mm. Yeah. It's much more steady. It's more like contentment versus like these big highs and lows, it sounds like. Yeah. And I think of it like, it's like a state of being versus just an emotion, Mm. like the state of being like your center of gravity has moved to like feeling better Yeah. instead of like, I can feel good when I'm eating the cupcake. I can feel good when like someone gives me an A plus on my work or I get likes on Instagram. It's like my state of being is just much more self Reliant, self-validating, self-fulfilled, self-sufficient. Like yeah, that's, that's just difference. like so peaceful. Like that's just such a peaceful. peaceful way to be. And if you're doing the other where you're chasing the grade or you're chasing the cupcake or whatever, the the like pat on the back from your boss, the achievement, it's like, it's so exhausting. It's like, I mean, that's just like burnout. That's, it, that's just what creates burnout, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, but let's be fair to everyone. That's how you've been trained since school. Like you really have been conditioned to be a good student. You've been conditioned Mm -hmm. to get good grades. You've been conditioned to get a job and get a promotion. You've been conditioned to measure yourself based on these external things because of schools and how they operate because of corporate cultures and how they operate, because it really is the only way to measure like the masses. Mm -hmm. And we forget that as adults, we are individuals and we get to be self-validating, create our Mm -hmm. own rules of success. And that separation is the difference between hustling to always get approval and just like giving yourself a state of approval. And actually, like we said, I think peaceful is a perfect word. Yeah. So if you're someone, if you're listening and you're somebody who has sought external validation or used achievement to fill yourself up with worthiness or value. That's like, I think what Vicky's saying is like, you're not wrong or bad. Like you were literally, you were literally programmed to show up as an adult like that. It's like the same with my clients when they come to me with the food stuff. It's like, 
okay, like, yeah, you've been yo-yoing for 20 freaking years, but it's also not your fault. The whole entire industry is set up so that you yo-yo so that they can keep making money, right? If you stop yo-yoing, if you lose weight for the last time, freaking gyms and Weight Watchers better watch out because Yummy Mommy's going to end all this shit. But they're making money because you're yo-yoing. They don't want you to stop yo-yoing, right? It's like, it makes perfect sense that you've been yo-yoing or that you've been looking to your to-do list because this is the, this is like the way it's set up. This is the way it's designed. And I love like having those comparisons next to each other because I literally speak about the time industry is mirroring the diet industry, which is so hilarious because we have this hundreds of billion dollar diet industry with like 98% fail rate where there's like people selling the perfect plan and you just follow their perfect plan. And there's like no carbs and then there was no fats and then there was no sugars and then there was all of the above. And then there's like all these different diets and this one's definitely going to work. And if not, then the next one. And that's what's happening with the time industry. And there's like the 5am club and then there's a 7am club and then there's the 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off. And like literally start with the most difficult thing in the day. Start with something easy, like people selling the plan. This is gold. That is the (laughs) best analogy. It's so true. It's like, do my time management system, do my time management system. It's like jumping from one to the next. So, so what is the solution? I'm guessing it's a customized approach, but you tell me. So this is why I call my program time hacking and not time management, because when we spend all of our time and you can speak to this, and I'm sure this is why your clients work with you, because I already know your program doesn't do this. But it's like, they can either spend their time writing the to-do lists, putting them in the calendar, guessing how long everything takes, getting it wrong, moving things to the next day, getting it wrong, canceling things, rearranging things, color coding things, emailing people to reschedule the things. And like, or like, just like for your people, it's like writing the diet plan, doing the, writing the shopping list and then eating the cupcake and then being like, fuck it, I'll start tomorrow. But then the food goes off and then something, it's like literally it becomes a And then they need a new plan, right? Because that plan didn't work. (laughs) Yes. And it becomes a full-time job. So we think we don't have time for it. And what I focus on with my clients and uh, like, I'm sure you have a version of this with yours is like what I say are the three things that it actually takes to create the results that you want. None of which are calendaring or to-do lists or any of that shit. It's literally hacking your brain. And what we really do there is change the story that you tell about yourself. People come to me, they're like, I'm a procrastinator. I'm indecisive. I'm just a perfectionist. It's who I am. And I teach them how to hack their brain. So it's no longer working against them and it actually will support them from the I can't. So here's all the reasons I can. Um, The second thing is hacking decision-making and how we make decision-making and having a process for decision-making that creates sustainable long-term results instead of those quick fixes, which I could so see in the diet industry as well. So for my clients, it's like the decisions that they make based on what they want to achieve six months from now Mm -hmm. in terms of like financial goals or in terms Mm -hmm. of like how they want their days to run or whatever it might be. Same for your clients. I imagine it's the difference between cutting out this whole food group today versus I'm just going to like test (laughs) for like seeing how this goes. Yeah. So a different process for making decisions. And the last thing is hacking our fear of failure because Mm. we will do all the busy work and all the calendaring and all the planning and all the color coding to avoid doing the thing that is going to move the needle forward because our brains are wired for a different time. So all these three things are connected together. And when you manage your brain, 
you make quick decisions and implement them and you fail a lot more (laughs) and you fail forward, you accelerate into like everything that you want. So that's how you really skyrocketed in terms of your business, right? Exactly. Like you were like, I don't even know how I just did that. And then when you look back, it was like, oh, it was these three things. Is that right? Yes. And I will tell you all, it was the same things. It's the same with my husband. Like I literally time hacked my husband without knowing because this was like five years ago. But I really did think, what is the solution? How do you create success in anything? And it was the same with my husband. It was like, I really stopped believing my story that there was no one out there and started Mm. thinking, firstly, I'm amazing. And secondly, there's for sure people out there. Mm. I stopped being super serious. I started making decisions from a place of fun and what I wanted instead of from a place of, we have, I have to know on date one, if we're going to get married. And I remember two weeks in, we were like a summer fling. He's not from England. I was visiting where he's from. And we were like, oh no, we're catching feelings. And I remember saying to him, like, I'm so willing to get my heart broken because it's so Mm. nice to feel these emotions. So I was, unknowingly, I was super willing to fail. So it's like the same method. Totally. Oh, I love that. Wait, hold on. What is catching feelings? What does that mean? I've never (laughs) even heard that phrase before. I love it. Oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I'd been single for seven years before him and I'd been super self-protection and yeah, I think we just... But what does I that mean? mean? You were like getting giddy or you were like that, you were having feelings for each other? What? That's his name, by the way, Giddy. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, Giddy for Giddy. Yeah, we were really falling for each other. and But he was planning on moving back to Australia. I was about to leave to go to the US for three mm. months, which I did. And so we knew, like, we knew it wasn't going to work out. We knew we had these different life plans. It was literally like, this is not going to work. Why would we set ourselves up to have feelings and be vulnerable together when we know it's going to end in heartbreak? And it was like, okay, and is it worth it even if it ends in heartbreak? And that's like the same for my clients in business. It's like, is it worth it even if it doesn't work out? Is that better than never Mm -hmm. trying? Yeah, exactly. Are you willing to fail? And same for your clients, right? It's like, are they willing to fail and to like have those mistakes where they eat the cupcake and instead of being like, I guess I'll change my whole entire plan, stick with it and learn from it so that they don't next time. Yeah. And I think that's what real commitment is. And I think, I don't know if you, you, your coach is Brooke Castillo too, or one of your coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she talks about that, like, right. Like the most successful people in the world are the people that are willing to feel really quote unquote negative emotions, right. They're willing to feel whatever comes with having eaten the cupcake. Now, of course, and you probably do this with your clients, but I teach my clients that because they ate the cupcake doesn't mean they have to feel shame, but they're so yeah. hardwired to eat the cupcake and then beat themselves up and then feel shame. But if they're willing to feel shame or if they're willing to feel disappointment, if they're willing to feel failure and learn from it and move forward, that's only going to create success. It's like she, it's like Brooke always says, it's like success is paved with, or I don't even know who says this, right? But success is paved with failure after failure. Like failure literally is the currency for success, right? Like nobody loses weight for the last time. Nobody has a 15 hour work week without feeling their way there and feeling like really probably shitty and uncomfortable some of the time. Some of the time it's really fun too, but. Yeah. 
that's it completely. It's like one of the modules, one of my video trainings is literally like, I am a failure and like we have like hacking our brain so that we stop trying to avoid being a failure, which is a lot of what you'll see out there. Like you're not a failure just because you fail. I'm like, you are a failure and that's why you're a success. Like, can we just be like failures? Can we be like, I'm a failure. You're a failure. Like instead of doing everything we can to avoid that thinking, let's just stop making that thinking bad. Right. Like I'm a failure sometimes and that's fucking awesome. Instead and of like, I'm, I'm a success. failure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. If we don't have to make the failures mean anything bad about who we are deep down, yes. then it's like, we can get out of our own way. Yes. It's so totally. good. It's so funny because you were saying, I don't talk about time management. I talk about hacks. And it's like, literally my question for you were like, what are the best time hacks? But you kind of answered it, right? It's like managing your mind, reframing your brain, rewiring your brain, decision making. And then what was the last one that you said? Maybe like fear of failure. Oh, the fear of failure, duh, like what you just said. But also, so I'll be honest, there is a module in my program about time hacks, because I noticed that I have different ways of thinking about time than we typically do out there. And like, I mean, we even spoke about the example with the five minutes or the 15 minutes and the things don't take time versus things do. And so it's not to say that there aren't also hacks around time, but like, I promise you every single person listening already has hacks around time that work for them, whether it's like getting their kids ready for school while making the food, like they already know how to get shit done. I had a client the other day be like, it either takes me four hours or two hours, but either way, I'm ready 15 minutes early. I'm like, mm. isn't that interesting? Why, right? Like, why is it that we we think and live in a society that still thinks more time is better and still thinks time equals money? And it's about unlearning all of those things. And those are the time hacks. Those are the challenges that we want to make to our time. I also teach my clients to think about time as a human. How is your relationship with time? How would you describe it? A lot of people come to me with a really shitty relationship with time where they're bitching about them all the time, Mm. complaining that they're never enough, never sufficient, like always talking about them behind their back, like never really feeling present with them, like really thinking about that kind of thing. So my time hacks are not like wake up at 5am and do like, there's no rules, but it really Well, yeah, I'm guessing your time hacks are more like sentences in your brain, right? Versus like things that you should be doing. I mean, just because I know that we were trained similarly and a lot of this stuff, right? It's not like, it's the same with me. I'm not like eat a salad with four (laughs) ounces of protein and like two tablespoons of olive oil at 12 PM. It's like, no, first we've got to like retrain your brain to believe that you're somebody who, whatever, who loves their body or And that's not a quick fix, right? But like starting to become the person who has lost weight for the last time by reprogramming your brain. Totally. Totally. So what are are some of the sentences that you would encourage your clients to think? Like maybe they used to think, oh, I need four hours to get my kids ready for school or more time is better or... So what are some of like the little like sentences we can start thinking. Well, I even want to offer something a bit more than that. Oh yeah, which please. Is, 
one of the things I have my class, so I think the whole concept that things take time is very outdated. It's inherited. Yes. It's the same way we'll use sentences like the wheels fell off the wagon. Like no one drives a fucking wagon anymore. We only say it because we've like not unsaid it. So it's the yeah. same when we say I don't have time. So one of the things I have my clients do is literally remove the word time from their dialogue. So it's never <laughs> your face. So it's never, I don't have time. It's like, I don't have desire. I don't think this is important. I don't want to do this. I don't prioritize this. I don't think that this is going to actually have an impact. I don't think I'm going to be successful at this. Mm. Like when we focus on time and we make time the problem, we are then solving for time when time is never the problem. It's no surprise. We wake up every day. We could get more time. We go to sleep. We wake up. We get more time. We have time. It's like literally it's the one thing that we keep getting. We can't, even if you screw it up today, you're going to get a whole new load of time tomorrow but what we do with that time or why we're not doing things with that time is the problem and that's like the three steps of time hacking and how my clients create the 15 hour work week is because they give zero fucking time to the whole time narrative and the whole time story which is well, it's like, like they're blaming it's like when they first come to you or like if you're listening and you're new to this it's like your clients, when they first come to you or just people in the world, it's almost like they're blaming time. It's almost like it's an excuse, right? And it's like, if you remove the word time, then you can take all the ownership and all the responsibility, which is probably a little uncomfortable at first, but if you're the one responsible, then you're the one that's able to respond, right? You're the one that's able to take agency over your life. If if it's time's fault, then, and we can't really control time, then we're like kind of fucked. Or we think yes. we kind of control time, but it's not really working. And so then it gets all convoluted. Yes. And I'll give you an example from when I was coaching a mom, actually. And she was like, I don't have time for this because I have kids. And I was like, people don't spend time with their kids. You don't like, you could literally not spend time with your kids. And she was like, well, no. And I was like, because you want to spend time with your kids. Yes. And that's a very different story than I can't because I have kids is I am choosing to spend time with my kids instead of doing X, Y, Z. And the way you feel about yourself, it's like exactly like you said, you go from completely helpless and a victim to like empowered and like, you know what? I get to fucking spend time with my kids and that's what I want to do. And I'm choosing it. It's so good. It's a lot of, I've been talking a lot about recently, like the to-do list just because it's been like around the holidays, right? And we've got like ironing napkins on the to-do list. And it's like, everyone's walking around like, I've got to iron my napkins. I have to shop for my, I just put put a post up about this. Like I have to buy a present for my husband's mom. It's like, no, you don't have to do any of those things. Like you're either choosing to do them or you could just remove it. Right. And it's like, there's just so much more power when we we're deciding instead of like yes. this thing outside of us. I love it. Oh my God, it's so good. (laughs) Wait, so how did your client feel then? What was her experience? Going through it, well, at first she felt frustrated and disempowered and like she could never solve for it and like a real victim and starting to think like there was never going to be enough. And then she went to a place of like actually feeling sufficient and capable and powerful and making different decisions, right? Because how we are thinking about ourselves reason why I focus on that in my program is because our decisions are driven by that so suddenly Mm. she can make empowered decisions instead of well there's no point because I only have 20 minutes and like 
it's like, oh, well, I actually have created it so that I have 20 minutes. And that kind mm. of difference is going to be the difference. That yeah. small tweak is going to be the difference in how we make decisions for that time. When we feel like we are in control of time, we're going to show up very differently, have way less drama. I, like the visual that I give my clients that I think is helpful is like, it's like we're walking around with this backpack of rocks and we're like, why can't I move any faster? And it's so heavy and I feel so like exhausted. Mm. And it's like, just take out the rocks. If you stop and you just mm. like see what rocks are going on and those are just the time stories, right? Mm. You just take them out and you're like, actually, I don't have to have this time story. I don't have to think that there's not enough time. I don't have to think that there'll never be enough time. I don't have to think that time creates results. I don't, you know, all of this stuff, we just empty out the rocks and then we move lighter. We think yeah. clearer and we mm. accelerate. Well, I always love to, and we may be a little premature with this, but I love to give my listeners kind of a takeaway. And I really, I mean, you can add to the takeaway list, but I really think that the takeaway should be experiment with taking the word time out of your vocabulary. It's just so yeah. good. I always say, I don't ever put my clients on a diet except for a word diet, right? Like I <laughs> really encourage my clients not to use words like have to or can't. And it's the same thing. And it's like, oh, well, let's add the word time to the word diet and see what happens. Yeah. I love it. And I think for your people, it's interesting because is it that they don't have time or is it that they don't have belief because they've already come with like 17 failed diet plans mm -hmm. is it that they don't have time or that they don't have desire or that they do have desire because they have something coming up this weekend and they're like I don't want to like I don't really want to start now like even the holiday season for example like what is it really when it's not time yeah yeah because it is that is the excuse right sometimes is I don't have the time or it's not the right time and it's just it's complete bullshit. And it's so much more empowering because like, of course, I don't say to my listeners, to people on Instagram, to even my clients that you should want to lose weight, right? If you want to lose weight, great. But decide, either decide, I want to lose weight for the last time or own where you are instead mm -hmm. of this like middle ground of like, Oh, I kind of want to lose weight, but like I, I can't because I don't have the time to, or it's not the right time. And what I love to encourage people to do is to lose weight, like during their life, like when they have Christmas, when they have the vacation, when they have the girls trip, the bachelorette party, the, whatever the thing is, because then they're good to go for life instead of it just being another yo-yo diet. Yes. So. And all these rules of time totally impact your clients as well. Will they impact mine with like, oh, I'll start on a Monday or I'll start on the first of the month. Or, mm -hmm. Like who decided that a Monday was relevant? Like literally it's yeah. the least relevant day. Like it doesn't matter. There's something that I heard once and I really lived my life by it since, which is like, if you really want to do something, you will start it the moment you decide you want to do it. And deciding, mm -hmm. oh, I'll wait until tomorrow because it's 5 p.m. or because it's a Thursday or whatever is just your brain talking you out of creating that change. Right. Like it, there is no better time than right now. The moment you decide you want to change something is the moment you act on it. Full stop. Yes. It's so good. My dad who's retired <laughs> the other day was like, I really don't know what day it is anymore, which just yeah. proves to you that it's totally made up. A Monday morning is totally made up. A Monday, yeah. like right now can be your Monday morning. Yes. Right, this second could be your Monday morning or 
Yeah. And it's the same like with the 15 hour work week and the idea that like there's so much messaging out there about like starting your Monday and all of it's like why though like what if I don't want to work Mondays what if I don't want to work Tuesdays what if it's like Wednesday Thursday Friday for me or whenever it is we've become like boxed into these time rules that like I say we're really created without women in mind without working mums in mind for sure and then we're failing at them and we're always behind and there's never enough time and we're always struggling instead of wait, this actual whole method that we're just adopting and not questioning is outdated and it's not working anymore. Mm. Yeah. So what does a 15 hour work week look like for you? So I'm going to be honest, recently it's been less than 15 hours since my pregnancy. It was five hours a week for the first month. Then I actually took three weeks properly off and now I've come back around five to 10, depending on how I feel. But when I first did it, it was... Every day, my my morning is for myself, like Mm -hmm. a luxurious morning, let's say. And then I would work. For me, it was Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays that I would Mm -hmm. work. And that was it. So I'd have Wednesdays off and Fridays off. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you what happened at first, because like I literally am the person that did not want the 15-hour work week Mm -hmm. because I love achieving and all of that stuff. So at first I started to turn my hobbies into productive things. Like I'm going to go for a two hour walk. I'm going to have a bath and read a book. I'm going to like it literally what I had so much unlearning to do. Like people that are like, Oh, I would love a 15 hour work week. I was like highly uncomfortable. We live in France at the moment. We don't have family or friends. I don't speak the language. Like (laughs) it was during a pandemic. There was no reason to start the 15 hour work week aside from I personally knew that we were going to start a family and I wanted that lifestyle set up. So I had lots of time in my life for them and for myself, even as I had a family. And so it was highly uncomfortable to then detach from that and be like, and I'm not going to go time my walk. I'm just going to go for a wander and I'm not going to listen to a podcast while I do it. And I'm not going to be productive and I don't have to do yoga every morning. Like my morning, like all of this stuff, it was a real unlearning, which really highlighted to me Mm -hmm. the issues and the problems. (laughs) Yeah, and so self. what's on the other side of that, right? Like, why was it worth it to go through that discomfort of going from an 80-hour work week or a 50-hour work week or whatever it used to be to a 15-hour work week? Well, I'm so glad you asked that because when I got pregnant and got told by my doctor to stop working, like, I cannot tell you what that would have been like for me had I not gone through this detachment mm. of my worth to my work and this detachment of my, it's a kind of like a work separation anxiety and achievement yeah. separation anxiety. And I was able to be fully present for what my body needed. I was able to heal. Mm. Um, and for some of us, it is first trimester. For some of us, it is taking maternity. I've made the decision now that I'm going to take six months maternity and I'm not going to have pre-recorded podcasts. Whereas previously I would take Mm. plenty of time off, but I was also a month ahead in my business. Whereas now I'm really willing to just like shut things down and come back. And I just trust myself. I trust my audience. I trust my creativity. I trust that it's all going to come back stronger. And had I not, it would have been a, a lot more uncomfortable because the truth is we're not robots. Life happens in the best ways, in the worst ways. And the most difficult thing that we can do and something that I see in a lot of people and something I experienced myself is 
not give ourselves time to heal, not give ourselves mm. time to listen to our health and our body and our needs. And when we believe that we have to work in order to be valuable or we have to do things for our kids above ourselves, all of this stuff, we have to give all of our time away and we attach our worth to all of it, then we don't take proper care of ourselves and like we don't heal. Yeah. So it would have been like a literal like midlife, quarter life, I don't know how old you are, crisis, right? If your doctor had told you that and you hadn't done all this pre-work. Yeah. And I think yeah, that we don't do, awesome. when we don't do the pre-work, we're thrown into it and then we're struggling. And I've had colleagues and clients and peers lose parents or mm. have a child get sick, deal with life things and be unable to pull themselves away from work and not know how to. And that is not the time to mm. be figuring it out. It's kind of like, for me, the 15 hour work week is what creates true time flexibility and, and an ability. We've developed this retirement mindset later, then I'll do the things that I want yes. versus actually changing how we structure our lives now. Because I promise you with technological advancements and like, I mean, even us recording this on opposite sides of the world, able to reach, we're able to reach thousands of people through a podcast, hundreds of thousands of people, all of this stuff that wasn't available 20, 30 years ago. And instead of working less and letting the technology mm. take over, mm. we're working more. And it's yeah. like our actual levels of productivity haven't increased since 1970. So, so it's not working. Funny. Yeah, I'll do it later. I noticed I used to think that when I was in corporate, like, ooh, when I get to retirement. And then I was like, well, like, what if I die? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I know it sounds kind of like morbid, but it's such a good question, actually, because like nothing's guaranteed. So why are we waiting like 40 years or 30 years until we retire to do all the things when mm -hmm. we can just do them now if we just change our brains? Yes. And it's or like, question, like you're saying, question the, I don't know, system at play. Yeah. And people with their 15 hour work, we can do whatever they want. Some people want to do more of nothing. Some people want to travel more. Some people want to have a family. Some people want to write a book. Some people want to mm. learn another language or take up cooking or it's going to evolve with us. But it's like, we literally have never lived in a time where so many of us have so much more than we need and we're not living the life concurrently yeah. with it because of our mindset around work and how we've been trained to think about work. Well, I wonder if your clients are similar to my clients in that they're so busy and they work so much that they can't even see what it is that they want to do with this, yeah. to quote Mary Oliver, one precious life of theirs. Like I did a lot of coaching on vision and goals and purpose before I got into weight loss coaching. And the reason I got into weight loss coaching is because I was like, we don't even know what our calling is because there's so much food chatter in the way. And there's so mm -hmm. much like drama about our bodies and our weight that we need to clean all this shit up before we can actually see what we're meant to do in this one precious life or what one of our many callings are. And I'm guessing your clients are exactly the same because they're just spending their time working and they have no idea like what it is that they really love or really like lights them up or whatever. Yeah. Like there's always something to do. There's always an email to respond to a social media platform to scroll on. Like literally we have so much available at the touch of our fingertips. Same with access to food. It's the same thing. Like we literally have given ourselves permanent distractors. Then we've glamorized being busy and the combination of those things 
is literally why our work weeks haven't changed if anything they've gone longer yeah as we've like built the back end to be able to operate without us okay we're rounding up but let me ask you a couple more questions (laughs) so (laughs) what would you say you get a client kind of like your hypothetical client they come to you what is some of their most toxic thinking and then when they're done with you what is some of their new thinking that has caused the biggest transformation so the before and after like what do they come to you and like what is some of their main thoughts and then when they're done with you what are some of their main thoughts yeah so I mean obviously it's like I don't have enough time okay yeah or like I'm wasting my time or I'm wasting my life or I don't know what I should be doing and I don't know where to start and I'm just super busy and there's always and those are all just do. lies. Like it's just all just lies that we're telling ourselves, which of course is not our fault because we're programmed this way, but it's just not true. Oh, yeah. Right. Totally. And that's so important to say that. It's like you aren't bad for thinking those thoughts. I've definitely thought those thoughts. I'm sure Laura mm-hmm. has too. Like oh, it's literally how we Yeah. It's how we all start. What we want to be examples of more is what's possible on the other side. And my clients on the other side are like, I'm saying no to things I don't want to do. Or like, I've I've left once someone just joined and she's like, I made the decision to leave my job. And I told my boss today, and I've been thinking about this for years. I had another client come to me with like a 10 year goal for like, in the future, I would love to get out of working for TV and start my meditation practice. And then within like, three months yeah. it was like done and she'd like made 10k and it was you know phenomenal and it because really is like, because things don't actually take time things don't take time not at all things happen fast mm. it's like I have plenty of time I have time for whatever I want to give time to and big one for my clients is things take as long as I fucking let them that's like a big mantra we have in there that's <laughs> um, so good okay I have to just say one thing real quick. It's just so interesting because my clients come in and they want to lose like 30 pounds in 30 days, right? Or their diet brain does, right? They are understanding now that they got to let it take six months or a year or whatever. But what's so interesting is their diet brains want to lose it in like 30 days or 60 days or whatever, like this ridiculous time frame is. But when they stay in that, sick cycle, it ends up taking 20 more years. They don't actually end up solving the problem. So if they're willing to let it take the time that it takes, it actually is so much faster. It actually does take so much less time. I don't know if that's getting too meta, but. Yes. And the reason why they have to see results in 30 days is like the, this is what I teach and I'm sure you'll agree. It's like, we're only attached to seeing the result when we don't believe the result is possible. Mm. Like I have to see the result in 30 days. Otherwise I'm going to quit because it's not possible versus a hundred percent. It's done. Like if you're people listening, like if you knew in six months, you were going to be your goal weight, does it really matter if your your goal weight in 30 days? Does it fuck? Like it really doesn't. Exactly. We came to the future. Some of my clients who've been with me for a little while or they've been in the program for a couple months, they're in that place of inevitability and they've already lost the weight. They act like they've lost the weight. They still have 10 pounds to go, but it doesn't matter because it's inevitable, right? So it doesn't, it has nothing to do with that. Let's end with this. What is your favorite thought about time? Well, I'm going to give two. One is like a super motivating thought that, Mm -hmm. that 
I love saying to my community and my audience a lot, which is just time is not refundable. We treat time like we can just mm. refund it and it's just not important. And we really, we've been focused to train a lot on money, but it's like every day is non-refundable. There's no, re, there's no do-overs. So I love mm. that thought to like get me into a place of appreciation. And the other thing is I, the way I think about time, it's not just one thought. It's like time is playful. Like time is there to be played with. Yes. I love it. I love doing that in my life. I'm like, my brain will be like, we don't have time for this. We can't get all that done. I'm like, oh, you want to go? Let's go. Let's see. I bet you I can. And my brain's like, oh no. And I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then we always get the things done. And it's like this game and my brain kind of gets on board instead of being a bitch to me. It's okay. I'll play. I'll play. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. much more fun. Oh, it's Love so it. much more fun. Okay. How can we find you, Vicky Louise? Tell yes. people. So on Instagram, it's just feminist time coach. I also have a podcast called Hack Your Time. And my website is vickylouise.com. And if you go there on the homepage, you can literally download a 10 minute video on the four biggest time wasters. And mm. then you'll get four emails on how to overcome each of them. Oh, that's so fun. I want to do that right now. That's so <laughs> good. Okay. That's so amazing. Any last things you want to say? Just like let yourself be human and get it wrong and be messy. And the, the one thing, and I'm sure this is the same for your people, the one thing that feels really important and is always going to distract you from creating what you want is judging yourself for having a human brain. And it's come up mm-hmm. a few times on this chat. So yeah. yes, it's okay if you have thoughts that you should be doing better and you should be further along and you should mm-hmm. have already got it done today. Like don't hate that part of your brain that's yeah. been conditioned to think that way. Yeah. It's just, it just thinks it's doing what it's doing what's best as well. Yeah, totally. Oh, Thank you so much. This is so helpful to me (laughs) and to (laughs) all my listeners, I know for sure. Um, Thank you endlessly. So good. Thank you. Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level and yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.